Today in business from Wired. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. Ride hail companies are making life harder for scooters. Officials in many cities feel they couldn't rein in Uber and Lyft. Now they're being stricter with other innovative forms of transportation. By Arian Marshall. Robo taxis don't exist yet. Some experts suspect they won't circulate widely for another decade. But earlier this month, the state of California adopted new rules governing how ride-hail services without a driver behind the wheel might work. There are separate rules for autonomous vehicles with safety drivers and those without. But operators of both types of services will have to hand over lots of information to the government. Data on where robo-taxi riders are picked up and dropped off, how many miles the vehicles travel, whether the vehicles are powered by gas or electricity whether rides are available in underserved communities, and a safety plan, which Californians will be able to comment on. The rules contrast sharply with the first-of-their-kind ride-hail rules that the state adopted in 2013. Then, the debate du jour was more, what the heck is this Lyft and Uber business, and will it survive a battle with the taxi industry? Then, how will these business models change the world? Now everyone takes transportation regulation more seriously, and jockeys to weigh in. If you're wondering why a utilities agency gets to determine how an autonomous vehicle taxi ride works, know that is pretty weird. The agency created early in the 20th century to oversee gas and electric companies now regulates telecommunications, railroads, and privately owned transportation services like limos, tour buses, and ferries. Historically, taxis have been the domain of city rulemakers. Then came ride hail. In 2013, amid disputes about what ride hail was and how long these upstart companies would last, California regulators heeded company lobbyists and crafted rules for companies like Uber and Lyft. The ride hail companies seized on that decision, and their lobbyists pushed it as a model elsewhere. Today, more than 40 state legislatures have passed mostly industry-friendly laws regulating ride hail in stripping cities of the power to oversee the services or set their own rules. Over time, many city officials came to see those laws as a bad deal. Ride-hail services weren't just disrupting a stagnant taxi industry. They took some people off transit. They clogged up streets, especially in busy downtowns. Even if, as the companies theorized, more people gave up their personal cars, ride-hail contributed to a spike in total vehicle miles traveled. Turns out drivers need to travel between fares. Yet, there was little local leaders could do about it. 
allowing state agencies to make the calls on ride hail unempowered cities, says Marla Westervelt, a transportation policy analyst who worked at both LA Metro and the scooter share company Bird. It set the framework for all the fights we're having now. It was the original sin. Look closely at the conversations and disputes that crop up around transportation and technology, and you'll see the ghosts of those original policy decisions and an attempt by authorities to reel back power that's been lost. Cities, especially big ones like San Francisco, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles, have gotten more assertive about overseeing transportation companies, especially transportation companies that pull into town with California license plates and a pile of venture capital funding. Chicago and D.C. were among the first to tax ride-hail trips to subsidize public transit. For those cities, the questions are, how can we point this private business towards a public good? And how can we eke out enough power over them to do that? Micromobility companies, the folks who flooded your block with shared electric scooters and bikes a few years back, have borne the brunt of this new approach. Part of the reason is practical. Cities generally have authority over their sidewalks in a way that they don't override hail vehicles. After the first, and sometimes unannounced, introductions of scooters on streets led to public backlash, many city governments chose a new approach. They slowed everything down. We want to know, what is the role of scooters in the transportation network? Are people really using them to joyride? Are they taking the place of walking and bike trips? Or are they really taking the place of driving trips? says Tilly Chang, executive director of San Francisco's County Transportation Authority, which monitors the city's congestion. In San Francisco, the city's transportation agencies took time in 2018 to develop principles they could use to evaluate new sorts of transportation services. Bikes, scooters, car share, mopeds, courier services like Amazon and DoorDash, and even driverless cars. In the meantime, they banned scooters and launched a three-month permit process asking companies to prove out their hardware, safety, equity, labor, and emissions bona fides. Once scooters returned, the winning companies could only operate in certain places with a limited number of vehicles and for a fee. The restrictions, the companies say, make it more difficult for customers who want to use scooters, maybe even instead of cars, to depend on the service. Cities were, in other words, trying to force the companies to help them solve long-standing social ills. Inequity, underfunded housing, policies that put sort of affordable housing here, and jobs there. The micro-mobility companies are the ones that have been really hit over the head with figuring out how to provide access when the land-use decisions and affordable housing decisions that make providing access difficult have been made long ago. Says Shinpei Sei, who heads city partnerships and policy for Uber. Uber sold its bikes and scooter share business to Lime earlier this year. In Los Angeles, officials moved aggressively to demand data from companies that want to operate bikes and scooters, and eventually autonomous vehicles in the city. The idea was to require transportation companies to share very detailed information about how they were operating on streets in exchange for permission to do so. The effort to create the data standard has spawned a nationwide controversy over privacy, power, and who gets to determine what cities will look like in the future. Earlier this month, the pain point got another little pinch in San Francisco. The city's board of supervisors learned that Cruz, the General Motors subsidiary building autonomous vehicle tech, is testing driverless vehicles in its outer sunset neighborhood. 
The State Department of Motor Vehicles monitors, collects data on, and distributes permits to AV companies. Technically, the city has no role to play. But city officials were frustrated to learn that Cruz didn't send a representative to a meeting of the city's transportation board. My hope was that this would be an opportunity for Cruz to entreat them to do this the San Francisco way and engage with decision makers. San Francisco Supervisor Aaron Peskin said at the meeting, citing the city's scooter experience as an example of city-company relations gone awry. Cruz declined to comment. Back at the State Utilities Commission, ride-hail companies, autonomous vehicle developers, advocacy groups, and local governments have been intensely debating what a driverless taxi service should look like and what the companies operating on public roads should be required to do, according to public comment documents. Many commentators suggested the agency take steps it did not take in regulating ride-hail, demanding more public data from the companies, being more stringent about accessibility requirements, thinking more solely about the environmental effects of developing technology. Self-driving taxis aren't here, but these rules, regulators say, are designed to grow with the tech. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com slash business. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.